This episode of Let's Think On It comes from an excerpt from O Brother Radio with Will Lockamy, Reed Lockamy, and Dr. Mark Westfall. So, it was an election Tuesday. What? Yeah. Oh, who are you, Nick Local? Saban over there? <laughs> by the way, by the way, yeah. Did you read this? I saw where Nick Saban said he didn't even know there. He been didn't an even election. know it was happening. He's so busy with game prep. Uh, no, I like his focus. Well, it's not. Well, wait a second. This is not possible. They, they, win, they win national championships for a reason. Will. I like Nick Saban. <laughs> I'm a Nick Saban fan. This is not possible because they're playing Mississippi State, so there is no game prep. There's not a game. Right. Yeah. yeah so, uh, but uh, but let's let's be serious. Yeah. I don't. It doesn't matter how busy you are, right? We're all busy people, right? It doesn't matter how busy you are. You know that one of the biggest stories in our nation's history is happening on the day it's happening. At some point in that twenty-four hour cycle, you know that that's happening, right? If you here's the thing, even if Nick Saban legitimately did not realize that. You sure shouldn't say that. Being the most powerful person in the state of Alabama, I mean, in all seriousness, how many rednecks are going to be like, that's right. Football's more important than elections. That's not good. You just make that's it sound like they're all rednecks, Reed. No, no, no. I'm saying how many rednecks are there who would say that? No, it's I, 100% of them. Yeah. No, no, no. I, yeah. Holy vey. But when I saw the that bigotry's article, already started. Yeah. And luckily... I, I felt like, am I alone here calling him out that there's no way he didn't know this was happening? And luckily, some uh, some national guys that we work with, I saw them tweet, like, this is ridiculous. Well, you know what it is. That's Saban's hyperbole. I mean, that's a, that's actually an effective yeah. use of I know, it just bothers device. me because people believe it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. that was why it bothered me. All okay. right, so um, the election, it was so crazy. 16, 15 and a half months of total insanity. And we it, had a whole series on this. It's been, it's yes. been a fodder for a lot of yeah. talk. Um, right? And it led up to what, you know, everybody thought was like, okay, kind of the end of this thing because of what polls are saying and what just everyone was saying. And as polls started to close and stuff started, started to come out, um, you know, I'd kept my kids up to, to watch it. It's like, hey, you can stay up a little bit late and watch this. This is historic. Um, I have a, a daughter. And so I was like, you know, and, and I talked to her a lot during the day about what I felt were the, was the importance of this election and why it meant a lot and whatever. And as soon as I saw Florida's results started coming, I was like, off to bed you go. <laughs> <laughs> In the bed. Go to, go to your room. Go to your room. Uh, we're not going to discuss this. Yeah. And then I just kind of watched with amazement of what was happening, and yeah. I guess as, as everyone did. Yeah. Um, and everybody had it so wrong. This is the first time in history that pole dancers knew better what was going to happen than pollsters. That's that's weird. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason, uh, you know, obviously Donald Trump called it, but here's the thing, I don't think Donald Trump actually called it. Everything he says is over the top and positive in his, you know, in his light. Oh, he has the best predictions. Yeah, he has the best yeah. predictions. But here's the thing. You know, he also had set up for weeks and weeks about a rigged, you know, it was going to be a rigged election. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, so I'm curious, just from you guys first, what do you what do you think happened? Well, I mean, what what I think, happened? I think there's some really interesting things that have come out yesterday and even today when you look at like numbers, because first of all, throughout the day on Tuesday, 
there's like long lines everywhere. And you think like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like everyone in America is voting is how it appeared because you couldn't get into polling mm-hmm. places. Mm-hmm. And that was the case. I mean, you saw it all across the country, but I know in our neighborhood and whatever, I mean, there were just lines. So the big story for me that other than just the result of the election was that the turnout was actually a little bit low and that mm-hmm. 46 point whatever mm-hmm. percent of eligible voters did not go and vote. And while Trump won the Electoral College, uh, he got less votes than Mitt Romney got, which Mitt Romney was never, you know, like Mitt Romney was that kind of a ho-hum candidate for the Republicans. Right, right. And Trump I've not got, seen that. Is that true? In the he, popular vote? Yeah, he, yeah. he got mm-hmm. less votes than Mitt Romney. So, but but what, do you, what do you think, what does this say? What do you think it says about where we are as a country and our politics? Well, I think that's what we're going to talk about for the next hour. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Y'all's, y'all's yeah. basic, you know, first I think thought. For, for good reason, obviously, a large portion of the country is fed up and done with status quo. Yeah. Okay. A large portion of the country. And I think even people like myself who did not vote for Donald Trump and never could have, um, still am fed up with the status quo. So I get yeah. it. So like, it's, it's I, fed up fed up with, with government. And yeah. read what's I, your bottom line take. I think it is a I think it's indicative of a combination of, of what Will said. I think that's true and that's legitimate. But I think there's also a very troubling undercurrent of misinformation within our country. I think that I don't think people are as informed as they need to be in general. I don't think people are thinking as critically um, as they need to think. Um, and and I feel like I feel like sexism has played into this uh, outcome very heavily. And here's the thing: I don't think that that means that people who voted for Trump because they don't like Hillary are doing so because they are thinking I don't like women. I don't think that's the case. I think that if you look over the course of Hillary Clinton's career as a as a as a as a strong woman, um, I think that she has been vilified. But you know, the frontline piece was really crazy to watch and just watch how like oh yeah, starting back in you know pre Arkansas days, um, how she has just been kind of like kept a thumb on and turned into this crazy character that people are like well I hate her. But when you stop to think, well, what what really is very unlikable about her? It's ha- you know harder to come up with mm-hmm. tangible things. So mm-hmm. I think it's a combination of those two things. Yeah, that's cool. I wrote um, I don't know if you called this earlier, but anyway, I'm not just trying to promote the piece, but it takes so many of my thoughts I've put in this one piece that I wrote. Um, and so, and what was this piece? I, I all right, yeah. So so I felt like you know sometimes Alabama Today asked me to you know write an article for them. Okay, right. Um, and so I felt like that might be coming. So the, on Tuesday night, I was having all these emotions. So I started putting down my thoughts, and they were just real angry for the most part. And so then the next day, they did reach out and said, hey, can you get us something rather quickly and make it lighthearted? And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, lighthearted. Ooh, good luck. Yeah, and so I didn't know what to do. And so, um, so I finally just sat down and poured a little bourbon and said, all right, here we go. And what I did was I thought, well, there has to be some positives to what is to the results of this election, even for me. And so I just wrote, like, all right, here's why the glass is half full. And I wrote, you know, some positive things. And, of course, I would come back and say, yeah, but whatever. Um, But one of the things I put in there was that I was always not anti-Hillary, but I never liked Hillary Clinton at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And, in fact, you know, my grandparents took me when I was young to when she was trying to get universal health care passed in her form of it. I was I stood as far as you and I are from her with a sign that said 
government run healthcare makes me sick. Right. So, I mean, like I've just kind of was raised on the, she's not a good person. Um, and, but never really, I guess, did my research or knew why. So what happened was through this election, because I was so just baffled by the fact that Donald Trump, you know, this character could be voted for at all. Like be ta- anybody who's taking him seriously. Um, I was so baffled by that. I thought, oh my gosh, am I going to have to vote for Hillary Clinton? Because generally I would vote libertarian. But I was so kind of afraid of like this movement he was pushing. I was like, I, I may have to vote for her. So I started really researching and reading a lot. And there were so many things um, that I would hear from family members or friends or Lord knows on Facebook. That'd be like, I wonder if that's true. And I would go and like look it up and read about it and find out like, well, son of a, she never said that. Like she never actually said that. I've been thinking that she said this horrible thing for 15 years. Turns out she didn't say that. So, so I found myself by the end being like, dang, you know, she is a career politician. She's tied to special interest groups. She had a private email server, all of these things. But there were so many things that I had just grown up thinking were truths about her that weren't. I was like, man, she really can get a fair shake. And so many of the special interest things and even the email stuff, the private server and the stuff that was discussed on those emails, dude, Colin Powell. I mean, you could go down the list of uh, Richard Shelby uh, to a great extent. You could go down the list of people that who've done the same the thing, exact essentially, same you know? thing. Um, you know, and like George Bush, George W. Bush, who I, I love, George W. Bush. I, I know people who are going to hate me for saying that, I guess, but I just think that dude's really likable and whatever. I don't agree with all the policies, but I just always liked him. But dude, nobody was tied more to special interest and you know Dick Cheney. I mean, come on, He's right? He's literally you, shooting people in the face. <laughs> if you, know? you do your research there, I mean, so to me. Hillary was doing some, all that stuff that we're fed up with, with government. She was doing it. There's no doubt. But so was every other politician. You don't make it past low-level city council without tying yourself to special interest. And think about how far you have to go to get to the top, to the presence. And George W. Bush had a lot of the same, like, deleting emails problems, which was shocking to a lot of people who previously thought he was illiterate. Um, turns out he was not. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that that's the so, quick <clears throat> the overview. Yeah, that's the quick overview. Well, Let's you know, obviously, there's a lot of discussion about it, and and we'll get into it later. But I I think the group dynamics that we talked about before come back into play currently. Yeah. And some of the implicit bias that we've talked about before comes back into play, and you know, there's a lot of racial concerns and ethnic and and bigotry, those kind of words. But we can get into all that. Um. In you know, you guys. After the, you know, we we actually had another show plan uh, until right. the election. I know, sorry. And no, no, no. It's funny. Is then you said, "Hey, we probably need to talk about election results." I said, "Yeah, we probably do." Yeah. Uh, there needs to be some processing that, that occurs. I mean, I think America as a whole needs some processing of this. I'm not saying I'm can process America by any stretch of imagination. I'm just saying, in general, there needs to be some processing of this. I thought it was very important to talk about it. Some people I told, you know, talked about what the show was about said oh my gosh i'm so tired of hearing it i said i know but you know you probably still feel strongly about it and and it needs to be processed but there's also a new element which is donald trump is the president-elect and that's interesting because i think that's honestly that's something that a lot of people and probably truthfully trump supporters and pollsters right before the election were not expecting to actually be the case right so we're having to wrap our heads around a new it's a new element a new element right Uh, a new 
uh, worldview of, of what our current country is composed of. And we got to figure out, okay, right. where are we going from here? And we're going to try to do that when we come back. Okay. Let's take a quick break. We're hanging out with Dr. Mark Westfall tonight, as we do once a month. Uh, this is an impromptu hangout. We we're already going to hang out, but this is an impromptu topic because of the election that happened just two days ago as we record this on November 8th. We are recording it. You can find it on iTunes later. Uh, just, sorry, Let's Think On It is the name of that. That's right. Um, on Let's Think On It, yeah. it's not just us. I found that, you know, I, I've told this before that I don't like the sound of my own voice, so I didn't go and listen to Let's Think On because, like, well, I was there. I don't need yeah. to hear this. <laughs> right. Um, but then, like, a listener wrote in and asked a question. I was like, I don't know. Let me go find that on the podcast. And it turns out you do the podcast outside of right. this show, and you have yep. other people that do it with you. Exactly. And I've got one of those other people as a guest tonight. So I've got a pretty diverse, you know, I try to diversify. Yeah. And so Jeff Thomas, one of the co-hosts that uh, Let's Think On is with us tonight, he, uh, and, I, you know, I asked when you said we got to do a segment, I said, you know, we need diversity in the room of political mindedness. Absolutely. Okay? And so I started thinking, okay, and where are we going to find a you know conservative voice? And I thought of Jeff. I've also asked some other people, by the way. You know, it's a little difficult to get someone on the radio to talk about their political opinion, by the way. Yeah, which is so interesting Imagine to me. That? Because, uh, yeah. it, was, uh, it was a little harder than I thought. Um, but I've Jeff, been weird about it forever until recently, really until we did, started doing the segments with you. And finally I was like, ah. Uh, yeah. And even today, like when that article came out that I wrote, people tweeted like, uh, you're going to learn that you can either talk about politics or your career. Uh, if you try to do both, you're eventually only going to be able to talk about politics. Like basically, <laughs> it's like, well, geez. So Jeff, well, it's, it's, re- it's really hard to talk about Trump too. Nobody wants to admit that. Well, exactly. And that's what, that was the feedback. I, I, I was talking to a conservative individual, a friend of mine, and he said, um, I said, you know, you, why don't you come on and join us? He goes, oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I, I can't do that. He said, I'm not a, I'm not a Trump supporter. You know, but I think he voted. I'm presuming probably Republican. Ask, probably yeah. voted Republican, but but it was hard to get him on the radio. And as Jeff said, it was hard. I, I suspect now you you I think have been. I won't speak for you, but difficult to be a Trump supporter with the, pre-election. I, if you don't talk about it, it's not a problem at all. But if you mention <laughs> it, everybody looks at you like really. I mean, you know, yeah. Mark and I have a, a large number of friends over in South Carolina, and they're all democrats all democrats so anytime i bring up that i'm voting for trump they look at me like i've got three heads yeah i mean literally i mean they they can't understand me and i can't understand them i can't tell which head to look at while he's talking (laughs) (laughs) when when the election happened i you know i said to will hey you know what we need to do on the show is have a trump supporter or two on because i to me that's the and and that's where we do need to have dialogue across lines so that there's better understanding because like will said earlier i mean some you know sometimes for him or for me it's been hard to understand like well who could who could possibly vote for donald trump and i'm so pleased to have you here tonight and i really appreciate you being here because it'll be interesting to talk to you about some of the things where i think like well wait what about this though and and hear how you know how you respond to that because and obviously there are you know 50 i don't know whatever 7 million people who have voted the way you have exactly 50 yeah. and so i'm glad we're bringing it down to an individual yeah coming on because we talked about implicit bias before we're you know you get into our groups and you start thinking these implicit things about the other group and so republican democrat or libertarian whatever you have these implicit associations that you have with this group and you can't really understand what someone's thinking until you talk to the individual and that's what i the, i want to encourage listeners to do is to 
don't back up and and rally to your corner and go to your groups. Right. Get out and mingle and ask someone, hey, tell me your thoughts. Why did you vote the way you voted? Teach me about what you're thinking, and I'll teach about what I'm thinking, mm-hmm. and start crossing lines because that's what they're not doing in government. I think got us to this place. And if you wind up with that group think mentality where you just have that, you know, uh, confirmation the bias way I think sort or of else, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, so dangerous. So Jeff, thanks for being here. Absolutely, glad to be here. So, what are your thoughts on the election? I mean, on, on what this says about where we are, and why why were you a Trump supporter? Well, first of all, I was extremely surprised when he won. Uh, and as in, in a little background, I mean, I, I'm not a like somebody that donated to the Trump campaign, right? right. I mean, I'm, I'm a guy that sat on the sideline and, and, you know, supported Trump outwardly and said that and all that. But I didn't go out and, you know, do any kind of rallies or any of that kind you of stuff. You were a Trump voter. We could say, as opposed to like a a booster, for example. Yeah, well, I would I would I would get into a healthy debate with someone sure. around, around why I thought Trump should be the guy versus yeah. Hillary, um, but you know, not not to where I was out standing up and you know screaming. Are oh, you top of you're not getting time. invited to the White House? Is that what you're saying? I'm probably not going to be on his cabinet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the reason I vote for him is I'm a I'm a businessman. I've always been a businessman and entrepreneur, and and I have just been sick and tired of Washington and. What I feel like is not a very business-minded way of running our country, right? Right, and and although he may not be the right guy, he's going to get us headed in the right direction, or at least we're going to see whether that works or not. I guess right. I, I'm ready. You know, is you know, you hear everybody's ready for a change. Even you, you know, said you're ready for a change. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Hillary doesn't really bring that, but he does. I mean, it's a sea change, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a big one. It is, and we're about to find out whether it works or not. And and I was ready for it, and uh, and that's that's why I voted for him. I mean, well, you know, Will mentioned earlier, and and I do encourage people to go read what Will wrote because I think it was actually very good. Um, you know, I think I just paid him to say that. Yeah, I think that there are some le- there are even some legitimate reasons that I am. I wouldn't say excited about a Trump presidency, but I am interested to see it because, you know, I heard a PBS commentator the other night, uh, the night of the election, say, well, you know what, if if nothing else, this is going to be an interesting demonstration of the checks and balances within our, you know, because Trump is very much a, you know, I mean, kind of, I'm sure by everyone's admission, a little bit of an unhinged kind of fella. And, you know, we don't a lot of times get to see the checks and balances happening um, because most of the time people are just kind of playing it straight in status quo. That will be interesting, um, and he's an outsider. What can an outsider do something positive? That's the know. that's the one of the good things for me. I think in my article, it's the first good thing I listed. Like, hey, he is su- such an unseasoned politician. I mean, you know, it's yeah. it's what you what even I wanted to see, but not out of that guy. Well, I'll say this too: the one one of the things I've I've seen throughout my career in business is that the most successful people I've ever seen were guys that didn't have to be there, right? In other words, they had either made their money and they'd came back and took a big position in the company. Yeah. And they could say whatever they wanted to in the in the room with their boss, right? If they got fired, fine, they got to move on. Trump's that. Yeah. Right? It doesn't matter to him, right? What people think. He's going with what he believes is the right thing to do at that time and doesn't have to feel like that He's got to keep a job. Yeah, I got to keep a job, or I've got to worry about what everybody thinks. I mean, I'm sure there's a part of him that does, but yeah, I think to me that's been a little bit of the scary stuff, and we'll we'll talk about that when we come back. That he just really will say anything, like he doesn't care 
what people think. Well, so yeah. there's a little unfiltered nature to him. Yeah. Well, you see the New York. I think it was probably the New Yorker, a cartoon with some sheep standing around a billboard, and it's a picture of a wolf saying, "Quote: I'm going to eat you." And two of the sheep say to each other, "Well, he tells. He says what he thinks. He tells. <laughs> he tells the truth. Uh, you know, which is really indicative of some of the turnout of like the Hispanic community. And I mean, like, wait, uh, there's a uh, lot to unpack here. And I think if the idea is that hey, he can say what he really thinks. That's to me where some of the interesting questions begin. It's like, uh oh, is that what he really thinks? And, you know, I think that'll be interesting to talk to you about and get your yeah. thoughts on. We're talking to Dr. Mark Westfall. He is here as he is once a month. Of course, psychiatrist, you can find these segments at Let's Think On It on iTunes, anywhere you find podcasts. Tonight, we're talking about the election, uh, both sides of it. We have Jeff Thomas here with us, friend of the show, also on Let's Think On It on the other side, the nano brother side. Um, Jeff, was a Trump supporter to an extent, at least a Trump voter. Uh, so this is this is a very interesting talk because I don't know that I've sat down. I was going to ask you that question. Have you, have you sat down and talked to anyone who's a Trump supporter? I mean, we screamed at our parents, <laughs> but yeah, um, no, I parents are Trump supporters. I don't think so. Don't. Mm. Now I'll tell you. We won't bring the Lock and Me family into the room. Here's what we. Here's what I have done. Uh, my parents, to, when talking to me, yeah. fell on this like. Well, no, he, I couldn't vote for him, but there, I mean, there's just no way I could vote for Hillary. That So that's the discussion we always had, which I, d- I did have that discussion with multiple friends. Like, well, no, Trump's terrible. I could never vote for him, but also there's no chance I could ever vote for yeah, Hillary. So who do you vote for? Um, right, so that either they were going to just not vote or, or go Gary Johnson. Yeah. And good news, until we do get rid of the Electoral College, if you live in Alabama, it doesn't doesn't matter who you vote for. (laughs) It really doesn't. I mean, the strongest argument for getting rid of the Electoral College is that right there, that my my vote did not matter even a little bit in the state of Alabama. But if we did do away with that and it was a popular vote, then everybody would have an incentive to vote, no matter what state you lived in. You would know that. Your vote counts. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Well, it, yeah. it was still 65%, though, in Alabama, right, for Trump? Yeah, but if yeah, you popular but vote, you still, it go, still goes towards the total. That's what I'm saying is my oh, vote gets capped out I by see. the Electoral yeah. College. For the national, yeah. 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 national popular vote. Yeah. yeah, so the Electoral College numbers, it, the final numbers to right now, unless there's some kind of recount, I can't imagine there would be, 290 for Trump, 228 for Clinton. I don't know, though. Is, I saw is, a Macedonian site earlier today. Is Michigan today. still undecided? One of them was still not yet. Perhaps. At yeah. this point, the, the numbers are that. Um, and then the popular vote is Clinton at 6.27 million. Sorry, 60.27 million. Yeah. And Trump at 59.9 million. So, so it may be about a 300,000 It looks like right now it's right Which is an amazingly small difference, which we've had before, you yeah. know? Yeah, which, sure. I mean, which goes to, you know, I think I heard Stephen Colbert the other night say in that the the country is more divided than it's ever been, and those numbers would support that if it's half and half. I mean, it's split know. down the middle. Right. Yeah, yeah I don't know if it's, if it's... It's split down the middle. I don't know if that means we're divided. I mean, how far apart are we? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, you can, it can only split down the middle, and yet the two sides be po- be really far apart. I think I think what I'm hearing in my world, and, yeah. I, and you know, I, I treat people of all... Fates, colors, beliefs, public uh, parties, whatever, and they share with me a lot of stuff that they might not share with their average individual. Most people, to the, I mean, almost to the person, are really sick and tired of the politics. 
Mm. I hear that over and over and over and over again. I'm like, and I think what happened to some degree was that I think the the Democratic Party misunderstood that. Mm-hmm. And I think that Trump's um, campaign manager fully understood that. He had a campaign manager? And she, well, to yeah. some degree. Yeah. Kelly and Conway, is that you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. I think they fully, well, put it this way. He was campaigning in the sure. Rust Belt where everyone was surprised and Clinton wasn't. Right. Yeah. So s- somebody knew something. Somebody was thinking yeah. and, and they knew that that the or, that the rural um, Rust Belt uh, folks were were a swing potential. Yeah. And but it's not just in the Rust Belt that people are disenchanted. It just happened to be that that's where they could swing the state. Sure. I mean, people are disenchanted all over the place. And so to me, what I'm seeing is, is and you, I think you said this, in, both of you kind of in the beginning, it's disenchantment with the political system. And w- the question to me is, will the politicians listen to yeah. that? Because that, to me, is what was spoken more, almost more than anything. But it wasn't bigotry. It wasn't racism. It wasn't, I mean, the, all those things existed. But I don't think that's the, 50 million people don't think the way that Trump thinks. But 50 million people right. are are tired of politics and saw him as someone coming from the outside. But here's the other thing that I think is is worth discussing or at least bringing up is I wonder if people don't have unrealistic expectations about what a federal government with a nation our size can actually do and do well um, and how much of it's just a necessary evil think about can you name a president that anyone thought was a good president at the time that they were president Lincoln one of the most heralded presidents and revered people thought he was an absolute imbecile during his presidency you know I mean does anyone ever feel happy with the political process it's I've been saying this I felt like Trump was the sixth grade kid running for SGA president that would say things like, it's pizza every day for lunch with ice cream for dessert. And by the way, we're making recess five out of the eight hours a day. And people would be like, yep, voting for that dude. What was Homer Simpson? Even though that's completely unreasonable. Like, wait, you can't have recess for five hours of the day. What are you talking about? Like so many of the things he was saying, I was like, well, maybe if in some like but that's not the way the world works like you can't do that of course people would also say that about you know uh bernie's plan for example to make you know college education free people or have concerns about is that pie in the sky um but sometimes i just wonder i know we all seem fed up with like why can't the government do it right i mean it is a hard job it's like being a college football coach like why can't dan mullen do it right because it's hard it's not easy i agree and maybe I agree it's very hard. Yeah. And I don't think people are disenchanted with the government as much as with the politicians. And I think yeah. it's I feel like it's more disenchantment than in the past. I don't know if it's because we know more about these people because of all the social media and you can't hide anything anymore and yeah. and they've all been this this kind of, you know, behind the scenes and wheels and deals and all that stuff and we just didn't know it. Right. And, and now that the, the truth is just uglier than we wanted to to know and ignorance is kind of bliss yeah. or if things are really you know changed dramatically I, I, I tend to think that things have changed some I mean I think part of it is there's a lot more money in politics 
because of some of the changes over the last couple of decades in in how yeah. it's funded and how people how how you get it rise up to that. There's level? no question about that. I think that's sure. problematic. And, and I think but that I disenchants people who the average Joe. Yeah, it says look, these everybody up there is nobody really represents me. Now, I interestingly, if that Trump true. is you know also doesn't represent them either. He's a multi billionaire, but he spoke he spoke to them. To what part of them? To the average Joe part of them, because he, he was just a, he just said what he was thinking kind of thing. And I again, I think m- most people like Jeff can pipe in. I don't think people that voted for Trump believed a lot of the things he said he would even do. I think. Okay, so so speak so to that. I don't believe most of America thinks that it makes sense to send our jobs overseas. Do, do any of y'all believe it makes sense to send our job overseas? No, but I mean, that's a pretty blanket statement. But no, no, right, not okay. Like All right, no. well, let's let's stay there for just a second because okay. that was a big piece of it. I mean, a lot of people have lost their jobs mm-hmm. to overseas, right? I mean, I was in the IT industry. I see it flooding in here or flooding out, whichever way you want to look at it. A lot of people come in here to work, but a lot of a lot of jobs went overseas, right? I mean, there are a lot of jobs that were lost in that, and that's that's your Rust Belt. Oh, exactly. I mean, that's where that's the that's exactly North Carolina what they furniture with. companies. I mean, that's right. That's probably how North Carolina got pulled over, right? Mm-hmm. He went in there and promised that. The coal industry, I mean, the uh, textile industry, Fort Payne, Alabama. I mean, mm-hmm. I guarantee the sock industry, the, the sock, sock industry, industry sock, yeah. sock capital of the world, is, yeah. right? I mean, that that's a big deal. Okay, all that's going on. He's speaking to all that. The 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 whole build a wall thing that spoke to some people, but I don't think to many. Um, but although there were jobs being lost to that. But then all of a sudden you had this Obamacare thing mm-hmm. where at the last minute, all of us that are on Obamacare got this notice that said our rates are going up from 500 to 700 bucks a month. Yeah. I mean, he lost. I guarantee you there were a lot of demos that swapped over to, yeah. to Trump on that, yeah. that alone. But so, here's my thing. What is Trump going to propose as a health care solution that is actually going to fix that and is still going to maintain the positive things about the Affordable Care Act, which is the real effect of millions of people now having health insurance that were not able to have health insurance before? Okay. He's, remember, he's a businessman. Right. So he gave you a sales pitch, right? Yeah. The sales pitch has been bought now. Right now, it's it, it, you've got to deliver, right? So, and right. he knows that. I mean, it's classic in business. He sure. he did the brochureware, right? Basically, is what we called it in the IT industry. He put something up on the slideshow, and we all bought it. Yeah. And then you buy it, and then you go, "Where is it?" And they go, "We're building it." But what if it right? turns out? <laughs> what if it let turns, me go back and build that now? <laughs> yeah. well, you mean it's not ready? No, let me go work on that. But what if it turns out? that his health insurance plan is the equivalent of Trump University. Well, then we're all completely, I'm going to try to clean up my language, screwed. I know, but like you're... what's going to happen? You're, you're assuming that it's not going to happen, right? Right. What we are doing is a Trump supporter is hoping that it is going to happen. But right? I guess what we're, gives you confidence on, about that? It, nothing gives me confidence besides yeah. he has a history of delivering, right? I mean, he, he didn't become a billionaire by doing things wrong, Right. Well, but there do- is the argument that if he had just taken the amount of money that he was given at the beginning of his career and invested it wisely, he would have tons more money than he currently has. I mean, I think there's actually an argument to be made that he has done it wrong and that he is potentially a charlatan and a fraud. I mean, there's a long list of people who he's left 
you know, unpaid after jobs. There's, I mean, there are numerous businesses. Now, I know that businessmen have businesses that go under, but he's got a lot of high-profile ones that have been disasters. I mean, I don't, I'd, sometimes I worry that when you hear him talk, it's, it sounds like somebody who there's a lot of talk and maybe not as much substance. And that's been an issue of mine, one of the many issues, but that's been an issue of mine since the beginning. And again, in the piece, I touch on this, like the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, has been a disaster for me personally. For me personally, I'm paying so much more than I ever did. My benefits are in the deductibles. I mean, they're on the ground. Like I'm barely covered at all anymore. Yet one of my biggest, you know, payments every month is to my health insurance. I'm not covered. Uh, I'm now losing my health insurance, right? I got my notification that my company's no longer gonna be a part of it. Yeah. Um, with all that, so, so I, that's one thing, it honestly, I think it's one of the only things I was like, well, oh, maybe that's a, maybe something will happen. Here's the problem. He hasn't told me what the hell that is. And it's just been this like, I'm gonna have a better plan. It's gonna be the best plan you've ever heard. That doesn't mean anything to me. If you just say it's gonna be the best plan, I'm not gonna cheer at your rally. Like you got to tell me what that plan is, and I'll be like, okay, yeah, maybe that's a better well, plan, or maybe I, it's not. I, I won't jump into that part of it because that's a whole big topic. But yeah. but we all know competition is is good for business, right? Totally. It's good for the consumers, right? Yeah, we're right. all, all consumers of healthcare. In 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 our state, we don't we only have one company really. All the others are leaving, right? I mean, yours I, is leaving. You're right. absolutely right. I'm, gonna, so, I'm only going to have Blue Cross Blue Shield of Alabama to choose from. This right, right. and so left. so what he what he has said, the little snippet he has said, yeah. is that we're going to have competition. He's going to bring them all in, let everybody compete, well, and it will get better, yeah, hopefully, as a result. I think he's talked about breaking down state lines, which I think is something that probably should have happened when the Affordable Care Act came out, is that they, they put some good regulations in place, but they didn't bring in competition. And so what happened was the the insurance companies met all the regulations, but they elevated the costs because they could. Yeah. Okay. And so I think that uh, there's some potential positives there. Depends uh, on if he has a plan. Jeff uh, voted for Donald Trump, and this is a great conversation because, you know, we have so many emotions and feelings about this, and this is the first person that we've talked to that just will openly talk about that. So many people we talked to said, well, I can't vote for either one. I can't vote for Hillary or Trump. Yeah. So I'm curious. How are you guys experiencing this conversation, you guys being Willem Reed? Experiencing it? Yeah. Um, I'm loving it at this point. I, it's yeah, going to be, I'll tell you, it's going to be one of these where I wish we had another two hours. Yeah. There's no question about that. Um, but I want to get to this, and then we're going to get to our Twitter questions. You can tweet at Lockme Brothers, at Will Lockme, at Reed Lockme, if you have something, and we'll read it on the air as we're going to here in a minute. There's a lot coming in. Um, all right, so the first speech that Donald Trump gave announcing his candidacy was the and I'm I'm not gonna beat around the bush it was insane it was crazy it just was unless you're just a racist it's crazy he came out and said you know Mexico they're not sending you the good ones right right they're bringing drugs they're bringing crime they're bringing rapist and I assume some are good that's that's racist look dude I've got plenty Reed and I have yeah. friends that are here from Mexico uh whether they came brought when they were children, their parents came over, or actually they just came over to support their families back in Mexico. Good people. These are good people. So there was this. This started the campaign, right? And for me, it was like, ah, this is going to be fun and entertaining to watch this lunatic like do this. And he just kept going. And there, 
I, we don't have time. But I mean, where to start? The John McCain isn't a hero because he was captured. Mocking the reporter who is mocking has a disability. The reporter uh, talking about Megyn Kelly on her period. Blood you know, coming out of her whatever. Yeah. the If I weren't her father, I'd be dating her about his daughter. I mean, it just goes on and on. And I could stab the, someone, see people would shoot, still yeah. shoot someone. I thought, oh, yeah. Okay, um, there you go. So, so my question is through that for me, it was like, oh my gosh, why are people showing up to this guy's rally? Like he's crazy and clearly a racist. So Jeff, you and I, you know, we've met before. Like I know you as a, as an intelligent person, whatever. So what, at what point during the campaign were you like, yeah, I can get behind that guy. Well, you've got to realize we have two choices in the end, right? Right. Yeah. You know, it's not like I, yeah. I got to choose who I put up there. Um, and I chose him for the, the qualities that I liked, not the ones I didn't like. So, And once again, so the things you liked were the fact that he's business-minded. That, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's really the one. That's, that's the biggest one. Were you bothered? Because like we talked about earlier just a little bit, the idea that you know Trump certainly will say, like, I'm the most fantastic businessman ever, and I've got all this money. And yet he has broken with protocol and not provided his tax returns, which is standard for presidential candidates to do. Does well, it would have hurt, hurt him. But does that lack of transparency? I mean, no, we knew what was in it. I mean, he's a real estate guy. He, he didn't pay any taxes, right? I mean, he's got so many deductions from all his business dealings that, he's, that have gone bad. But so, so we can only assume exactly what. But that's the thing is we don't know what's in it because he hasn't. People can assume what's well, in they, it. Well, they found something from like five years ago yeah. or something, you know, that showed that he, how many, you know, uh, deferred, whatever it's called. Deferred some losses. Kind of, yeah. yeah, some kind of term for Do it. Do you feel like Trump is a, is a genuine, honest person who can be believed? Yeah, absolutely. He's credible? Absolutely. I mean, you if you if you look at get rid of the facade. The facade's one thing, right? He's yeah. a New Yorker. He's brash. He's you know he's out there, right? Get rid of the facade. He's an entertainer. He's an entertainer. Don't forget how he got here, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He's an entertainer. Sure. It's almost like a comic. Can you do you like a comic once he comes off stage after he's done some kind of really rude thing, and right. maybe even got on you? But that's kind of what he does, right? But um, you look at his family life. It's besides his divorces, obviously, but you know he's he's done well there. He's got a good family; they all support him. Uh, his the people that work for him, for the most part, all support him and really like him. I mean, you don't find that very often, to be honest with you. Can you imagine and a bad if, person? Can you imagine though, if Hillary Clinton had five kids from three husbands and like what that would have been? They would have made such a mess about that. But also, just to go back, when you look at. Uh, um, campaign contributions. It is a startling low number of people who work for Trump who have actually contributed financially to his campaign, which to me does not speak to the idea that there was a lot of a huge groundswell within his employees that they thought he should be the president. Well, again, remember he yeah. he uh, he was self funded, so he he wasn't out there. He he didn't go to his company like some companies do and go, hey, right. everybody's contributing X right. amount of dollars to my campaign. I mean, he didn't do that. Well, right? I would like to ask about this real quickly because this is the thing that I – Wednesday morning I was reading an article from the Los Angeles Times uh, back in late September um, in which David Duke – and, of course, we all unfortunately know who David Duke is um, – David Duke was quoted as saying, Trump happened because of us. And the us in that sentence is white supremacists. And 
I have always thought like, hey, there are two ways I form my political opinions. I hear what Sean Hannity says, and I know that's wrong. And I see what the Ku Klux Klan says, and I know like, oh, that's not right. And it's startling to me that David Duke could, even if that's not true, that it wasn't white supremacists who made Donald Trump the presidential candidate he was, the fact that David Duke could say that in the Los Angeles Times and people wouldn't be scared away from Trump as a candidate, does that, what about white supremacists supporting him? Does that not give you pause to think like, uh-oh, why should I like the same guy white supremacists like? Uh, you know, I gave that about zero thought. I mean, honestly. I that mean, doesn't bother you? No, not at all. I mean. When white supremacists look at somebody and say, hey, I like the way that guy thinks. That doesn't make you think, uh-oh. I mean, you probably have bad people that like you too. Oh, no, me, no one likes me. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean. But, you, but you can't, you can't, well, you can't, all you can I, say is, hey, listen, I don't support what they say. That, and, and that's basically what he said, right? What, what do you do? All you can do is dig a hole there. But he right? said plenty of stuff that seemed to really, I mean, they don't normally endorse main party candidates. So, so Reed, yeah. why do you think? These, get, these guys are getting defensive, if you notice. Well, no, I'm just, he's getting, they're, it's, they're kind he's of they're disconcerting kind of coming at me and making fired. me defend them a little bit. He does. They are. You know? they, I don't right. have to defend him. I just voted for That's him, right? right. <laughs> but I think I, I don't think even know what that means. That, again, I think we're kind of getting, yeah. you're, you're backing up and looking at group behavior and dynamics. Yeah. And, and you're, you're, there's some implicit associations with, well, let me see, if, if, if the white supremacists support him, then he must be X. And so I think getting back to the individual, what you're hearing is one of the main reasons, the yeah. only, I think he said, actually Jeff said the only reason he mm-hmm. voted for him was because he thinks he'll move the country in a direction that's more positive for the for the essentially the economy of the country and the growth of business. And that's... Well, he's business-minded. He'll right. make business-like decisions versus and political decisions. Business-like. Trying to pull in, in you know, in, people that... Yeah. So it's kind of like, the, you know, the... A, uh, Perot, you know, coming in and he, he got hot there for a while because, hey, what would it be like to have someone who's in the business world and not a career politician? And I think, to me, that's what, when I look at trying to read the tea leaves, what, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. 50 million people yeah. voted. They're not all white supremacist bigots. No. They're just not. But they are all people who don't seem bothered by the fact that no, the person not, they see, cast... I disagree. To say that they're not bothered. We're, you're, you're saying that they're... I mean, most people that I talked to that supported Trump did not support Trump as a person, and they were kind of embarrassed about saying it because they don't support the things like the wall and the, 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 the misogynism and the bigotry, but they are so disenchanted with politicians and he is the only choice it's not like jeff said it's not like he had a choice of who else to pick it was like either hillary or trump it wasn't like you had a, yeah. a host of republicans to say oh, well, i'll pick this one and i think what again why did he win is what we should be asking ourselves and i think n- not is he a good guy but i mean that question is i think irrelevant at this point the question is why did he what is going on in the minds of Americans I agree with that. of why he won. And I think it's because they wanted a huge sea of change, someone who wasn't a politician in the White House. That's that's why Bernie was so hot, because he was anti establishment. 
Um, and to be honest with you, I think that's how Barack Obama got in because he wasn't a career as much of it. He was kind of a young politician, and his whole push was, I'm going to bring change. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring something that you've never seen before. And unfortunately, he got in there and was stifled. Um, and, sure. and, and Americans didn't see the change that they hoped for. And so that desire got bigger, and they were willing to tolerate this, this um, you know, facade, as Jeff put it, of this, as someone called him today in my office, it looks, I feel like I had a choice between a buffoon and a crook. But when a big part of your change is Mexicans are rapists and Muslims can't come to this country. I'm not, I'm not supporting Trump. But I'm it's saying, hard for me to understand how anyone could cast a vote for someone who says that. That's all I'm saying. I, I totally yeah. get it. And that, yeah. that is very important to you. Remember, remember when we sure. talked about the five levels of morality with Jonathan Haidt, H-A-I-D-T, mm-hmm. and, and it's where you rank what's important sure. to you. Everybody has a similar importance. Yeah. You're, you are fired up. And I saw it in your eyes when you're asking these questions. You're fired up about this unfairness and the bigotry, and you should be. You should be. Sure. I am. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think the people that voted for him put other things as mm-hmm. important ahead of that. Not that that's not important, but they, they their, their relative relativity of importance yeah. was, wait, but I still want someone who's not a career politician, whom I can bring about some type of business change, business-minded to the scene. Yeah. I want to make it clear again because I said it like an hour ago, so I want to say it again for anybody listening now. (laughs) That's how I feel. Like, I would love someone in there that is outside of the political realm that has no ties to, you know, these huge special interest groups that would really be able to think for the people and maybe be a businessman. But, whoa, there was no chance I was going to vote for this guy because of all the stuff we talked about. I I, I totally get it. um, All right, we have to take a break, but we're not going to. Because it's too interesting. So really quick. Okay. This hour of Over the Radio is brought to you by Good People Brewing Company. Good People Brewing, the most aptly named business in Birmingham. Go buy the brewery. Snake Handler, it's the best thing ever. Thanks, Good People. It is good. There we go. Um, All right. I wanted to bring this up because you said earlier, um, by the way, we're hanging out with, of course, Dr. Mark Westfall, psychiatrist that joins us once a month, and also Jeff Thomas, friend of the show, uh, a part of Let's Think On It, the podcast. And um, and voted for Trump, so that's why we're having this discussion. You said earlier, Jeff, that yes, you thought Donald Trump was an honest person. Here's the thing: this is not about Hillary. I don't think Hillary is an honest person. She's a politician. I loathe politicians. I think they are the worst. Right? That is well, the truth. I mean, I think I've they're heard that dishonest. Said, well, I, I want to say something about that real quick. I think it depends on where you are in the level of politics. I think there are many local people who right. devote their life mm-hmm. to to serving their community and are honest and really want the world to be a better place. I don't think every politician is bad. But when you get up to the level of being able to compete for at the national level, you've had to turn to money and probably turn corrupt. That's just, I mean, it's kind of. That's my point. Yeah, and I've got a friend that's in, uh, you know, city councilman in Hoover. He's a close friend of mine, and I hope he stays right there because he'll become corrupt, I think, if he goes beyond that. And I I stole that thought from my friend Nick, but I use it all the time because it's true. Once you get beyond city council, eh. But just to be clear also, you know, Woody Allen said diplomacy is the ability to say nice dog while you look for a big stick. I mean, in order to be a politician at that level, you have to have some level of duplicity. Anyway, I'm sorry, Will. Go ahead. That's that's true. So, but to get back to the, uh, when Jeff, when you said that you thought that Donald Trump was honest, I want to bring up these couple of things because this is, these have stuck with me and these are just two examples of many. But when Trump Tower was built in New York, I don't know if you know the story, it's 58 stories. You can, in, anywhere you look it up, it's 58 stories. 
But if you ask Donald Trump or go to the Trump Tower website, it's 68 stories. And he will tell you that he lies about that because it, people pay more for the 16th story than they will for the 6th, right? So he lies about the what story does. I've always been blown away, like, whoa. Like, you just blatant, like, you say I'm going to lie about this to make more money? Like, I've never understood that. And I've, I've gone back to the website multiple times to look because I just almost feel like, I, surely I heard that wrong. Right. All right, the other thing was... But it's funny. Pre- is, is, <laughs> the funny thing is, is he more honest because he's... Is he honest because he's honest about lying? It's kind of funny. I mean, he's only, no. He only admits. <laughs> that was an easy one. Yeah, the answer he's, no. he's selling. Let me ask a question. Did, did yeah. you buy your cars from a place that puts a price sticker on it, and that's the price they uh, you pay for it? Yes. yes. I do, actually, yeah. Okay. The answer to that was yes. You're that guy, yeah. right? You don't like a sales pitch. Yeah. Right. Donald Trump is a salesman. Right. Everything he's doing Ugh. is selling. Yeah, which right? I can't stand, yeah. But I that, know, but, that's but a he's flat a salesman. Lie, just like, well, salesmen lie all the time. A, I mean, same, that's what they do. That's salesman, how they sell stuff. A Welcome salesman might lie. <laughs> they, might, <laughs> they might lie by saying, I'm going to have to go get approval from my manager, and they go into an empty room and wait five minutes, then come out and be like, I don't know, the manager said this. Donald Trump is lying about a number that you can see in front of you, and he's lying to you as you look at the truth right next to him. All right, but here's one that happened really recently. Yeah. Um, President Obama was at a rally last oh, week, boy. and a protester a guy in a military uniform stood up, and the crowd started booing. And he said, "No, no, no, don't boo." Have you seen the video? Oh yeah, it's awesome. the whole video. Okay. Yeah. Um, Donald Trump the next morning in a rally came out and said, "So there was this protester at while President Obama was speaking, and Obama just started yelling at the guy. He's like, I, he's just yelling at him. Go watch the video. He yells at him. If I would have yelled at a protester like mm-hmm. that, and he starts telling this crowd the story." that didn't happen. And you can watch the speech that Obama was giving and the Donald Trump lying about it back to back. You can see it. And he's telling the people, go watch it. Go watch it. As he lies to him about it, it blew my mind. Like, that is some first grade BS right there. Like, what is that? Like, that does middle schoolers who are barely humans don't even lie like that. Well, they I, do, but you catch them and then they, yeah. That's I, a, it, yeah. it was beyond me. And that's when I, I was taken that, back. So that I, I didn't vote for that guy. But I mean, so, <laughs> but, so earlier, but you I, voted did. For, I voted for, and I think he show, I think he's showing up now. The guy that you saw the night of, of, of the election, right. That came on that. Hmm. And the guy, hopefully you're going to see from now on. Right. Cause I, I, I hope you're right. By the way, boy, me yeah, too. Yeah. I, I, I do too. too, by yeah. the way. Yeah. I mean, he could be crazy, but, uh, I, I believe there is a good side of him. He wouldn't be where he is today, I don't think, unless he had the good side. Jeff, let me ask you this because it's a it's a question I have, and um, it's kind of a loaded type of topic. But I want to get your opinion on it. When you look at demographics of of who's voting for whom, and you look at education levels, and Lord knows that education is not the only thing, and there is no question that people who are uneducated have valid concerns and things that, that need to be addressed and all that, but it is somewhat disconcerting to me to see a large gap in people who are highly educated voting for the candidate that loses and for there being a large number of people who are, you know, a lot of support for Donald Trump in this case are from people who are not as highly educated. And I do feel strongly that uh, high education is the, is a hallmark of a person who's been exposed to lots of ideas, is is more likely to be empathetic and understanding of. Does that give you pause or concern or or not in this case about the fact that Trump had more support from people who are not as educated? I, I, 
honestly, I'm not sure I've thought about it 10 yeah. seconds. So that's not something well, that's been on your radar. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Why, do you, why is it that he appealed to that population? Well, because I think that his rhetoric has been very much steeped in um, xenophobia and a lot of the other things that we've talked about and this idea that Obama is a Muslim, which Donald Trump pushed for years. I mean, just erroneously pushed okay. for years and years uh, and years. So, and I think there so are a lot of people your, that— Your thought is in that he's speaking to their fears. Yes. I, I think I, he's a demagogue. I, well, I, well, okay. I think, I think I agree with the point that he— resonated with what people were fearful of. And I think that's what the Democrats failed to listen to, is yeah. that there are, there are some very real fears. It's not just irrational fears about um, faith in Islam. It's other fears, like, I don't have a job. Yeah, and that's you the Rust Belt. Exactly. And the people in yeah. hiring government, they all seem to be making more money, and I'm not. Yeah. And and so no one stepped down from their pedestal and said, hey, you know what? We're going to fix this. Yeah. Except Trump did. Now, he may have done it with, with a facade. He may not be able to fa- come right. through with what he said. Right. But he, in my opinion, he spoke to them and said, hey, I, I hear your fears. Now, my concern is, and I have, I have mm-hmm. some very serious concerns about where this could go um, with him as president. If he goes to the divisive end of things it could be really really dangerous and problematic for our country yeah scarily so yeah okay so i mean i'm not i'm not blind to that sure that no concern. no, no. So this I have, i've had that concern all along and this is analogous to you know how you know people have mentioned it already i mean this is kind of analogous to you know what happened around world war two time mm-hmm. okay in a different country Germany. sure yeah um there there was a, a entire country people fearful of something and someone pointed a finger at oh this is our problem over here and everybody said oh good it allays people's fears when you identify a problem even if it's not really the problem sure right so that's the concern i think you have that i'm seeing on your face like yes that's yes. exactly i hope that that's not where it's going yeah and I think that if the right leadership can come up to the forefront, maybe around him, uh, to say, you know, we've got to pull together as a country. Yes, we have 50% on one side, 50% on another, almost, I mean, down to 300,000 people. That's amazing, the difference in the popular vote. I mean, we've got to unify and figure out how to, how to, uh, to break down our fears and work together as a unified country can't to me that is a huge that is the next step that must happen mm-hmm. you saw um obama and clinton try to begin that and then you saw trump try to say that all three of them talked about unifying no, that, sure. that's kind of yeah. classic you know but i was glad to hear all three saying i think they see the same thing they're c- very concerned about division and we've got to, to come together on this and i think it starts with conversations everyday conversations just like this as you've, you know, Jeff. Sure. Jeff's not all those things that you're concerned about. Most oh, Trump no. people are. Mm-mm. We've got to not lump all 50 million people or a significant number of people into this, 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 uh, whatever Trump was pretending to be. That is not, I, I, I just refuse to believe that that is why people 
voted for Trump. I think he resonated with him for a reason. I think those things he said resonated with him. I think we've all become desensitized to slurs and lies because of our media. I think we it's not just Trump's fault. Trump's a product of our media, of our mass media, and, mm-hmm. and the, the reality TV shows. He's a manipulator of our mass media. I mean, he's taking great advantage he's a of product. it. Sure he has. Yeah. Well, but... I mean, as as Will said, you know, I was looking forward to this because it was going to be entertaining. Yeah. That's what the average individual mm-hmm. who is, as you put in the, as you said, is kind of less educated, mm-hmm. watching the mass media on TV, and we've all become desensitized. So a lot of these things, they just it doesn't, it's not, it's not hitting them like it hits you. Right. They feel differently about it. I think this might be the first time you and I have kind of disagreed about it. Now, with that said, like, because I've never been able to understand, like, whoa, how do you apologize for all this other stuff? Like, how can you say, yeah, he's good, a businessman, whatever, but I'll ignore the racist stuff that he's saying. I've never understood that. I, With that said, here I am sitting next to Jeff, and I don't think Jeff's <laughs> a racist. So I'm starting to kind of realize, like, maybe some people are. Uh, Khadija writes in and said, and this is kind of how I've felt the whole time, that Trump was a package. If you vote for him... And support what he stands. Race, you know, you support what he stands. Racism and all. And that's how, that's how I was looking at. Like, how in the world can you, uh, you know? But if if you do that, then you, then you essentially are saying fifty million people are racist, bigots. No, you don't you, have to say that because you don't have to say. Here's the thing: I don't believe Jeff is a racist, good. but I also think it's very dangerous for us to turn a blind eye to the fact that I think there is a large group of people who support Donald Trump who believe that Barack Obama is a Muslim and things that are just grossly misinformed. And I think it's a problem for us to say, well, we, you know, I understand what you're saying, Doctor Westfall, but I don't think it's something. I don't think that Jeff is a racist, and I don't have to lump that in. But I do think there is an analogy to look at to say, well, I like that car because it's got a nice interior, but it does veer off the road and hit a child occasionally, but I'm okay because it's a very nice interior. I think that there's an analogy there that needs to be analyzed because of the way out there comments of Donald Trump throughout the campaign. I I agree. Can I I give an example? Yeah, please. My mother is a PhD, was a professor at MUW for 30 years, right? Church of Christ, been Church of Christ all her life probably had two drinks in her life, right? Yeah. And and I hide beer when she comes to my house, yeah. right? Anyway, she's that mom. Because <laughs> okay. she'll drink it. And yeah. hopefully she never hears this radio. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she voted for Trump. I yeah. said, Mom, how could you? I mean, I just mm. know my mom. How yeah. could the you? the antithesis of everything she's right. I, I mean, represented. You, you yeah. heard what he said on the bus. What'd she say? She goes, I couldn't. Uh, I'll take... I'll take a man with with low morals over a liar. And then you know and that's he's such a liar is what kills me. <laughs> that's, that's honest to God. What kills me about the whole thing is the dude. Like, there's not even a debate about that's it. That's weird. But I don't point. think there's a debate about Hillary being a liar either. She's a politician. They all are. I think there's actually a better debate about but whether a, or not but she's honestly, an honest if person. You do the research. Like, there's way better debate about what she lies about and how much of a liar she is as to his bold. Where you're 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 going you're saying why people should vote for Hillary over Trump at this point I, and and that's but you just done, said because right? Hillary because Hillary's I'm just telling you, like Dr. I'm telling you why Dr. Westphal let me just say this I I believe that there are people not just like Jeff but people all across the country who have voted for Donald Trump because of legitimate concerns and I don't think there's any question about that that doesn't bother me 
Um, it bo- I'll be honest, it bothers me a little bit because of the other things about Trump. What really bothers me is the is the number of people, and I think this number is larger than we think, who have been uh, excited about Trump, including people like David Duke, who have explicitly said this about the KKK, who's dropping literature as we speak, who are genuinely excited about a lot of the messages and a lot of the code switch that Donald Trump has brought to the table. And I think it's dangerous and problematic. And that's why I'm very concerned about it. Well, so that's I, all I'll say. About I, that. Well, I, I agree totally no. with both statements. No. And, and the question is, how big is that number? And I don't have a clue. And I don't know for sure either. Um, yeah, that's right. But I think one way to find out. Yeah is to have ongoing questions and dialogue and I agree. with people. I that's agree. how you break that down. Yeah. Um, is to and that's how like when we brought um Hala Hadid mm-hmm. and had that conversation and learn more about what Islam is about. So you you inquire and the answer learn. is not to vilify anyone. Um, right. And the answer, yeah, and we were on the same page right, about that. Right, right. So I, do, I just wanted to clear the air and make sure I wasn't, I'd, I'm not trying to lump all Trump voters in as racist or misogynists. I don't think that's the case. But I do think there are a, there's a strong undercurrent of that that we need to be very aware of. We have to wrap this up. There are some really good comments, and luckily some of them can kind of combine. Uh, Rachel tweeted in, and Khadijah also about this. Any comments about how technology is replacing more jobs than actually jobs going overseas. Kadisha says also Trump talks about bringing back manufacturing manufacturing jobs, but really that's not the issue. It's that jobs are now being technology being automated. Yeah, technology yeah. driven, um, which is a really good topic. It's yeah. not like I would love to have an economist on. Well, yeah, that would about be interesting. Trade yeah. and yeah. world economy and globalization versus protectionism. I, I look at actual that. numbers. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sam tweeted in and said, "You know, Bernie made it to that national level, but never gave in to corruption, uh, which is true uh, that we know of. Also, though, we like we said earlier, a lot of that stuff that that Bernie said. I think this was the downfall. Was like." Is that actually possible? Is he promising pizza every day at, right. for lunch? And he didn't make it all the way. Right. I mean, you know. <laughs> right. Um, Rig system. If he'd only gotten corrupt that last that last 10 yards, he didn't no. push it in the end zone. Uh, Ned tweeted in so many things. We don't have them, but thanks, Ned. I tried to get, I tried to just do my conversation get some of the stuff that Ned tweeted out. Um, all right. Jeff, thank you so much. For yeah. Being, yeah. Honestly. Totally. Seriously. Enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. Um, this has been an enlightening discussion. So many questions I wanted to ask. I didn't have anybody Next to ask Next time we need to. a bigot or racist, we'll just bring Jeff on. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, because... <laughs> when, when we get to racism, you, I'm, I'm available. It was, so, it was so good when I knew you were coming on because, because we, you and I met, and I knew you weren't those things. I was like, oh, this is great. I can ask these questions and finally have somebody... You know that I know is not a crazy. Well, you can't. You can't just look at someone and tell whether they're a racist or not. You really don't know whether I'm a racist or we not. Had, we had we had had beers at Good People together, which made me know you were good, a good guy. <laughs> well, but <laughs> only good people go right. to good people. Tonight gives us a chance to do exactly what Doctor Westfall's talking about, which is say, hey, we may not see eye to eye on things, or we may interpret things differently. But if, but being able to talk about it and for me to better understand you and you to better understand me, that's the way all of this has to. That's that's where we all need to do now. Yeah. So. Um, all right, great stuff. Hug someone across the aisle. Go out and there talk to someone. Get to know them. Yeah. Yeah, Just yeah. do it. That's right. That's a good Today. way. Dr. Mark Westfall hanging out with us, and now our favorite curmudgeon, writer, friend of the show, sometime regular. That doesn't. That's an oxymoron, right? We should say he's irregular. He's irregular. Mm-hmm. It's David <laughs> Pelfrey. Mm-hmm. I just like being friend of the show. There you, you go. Well, you are. I tell people I'm FOS all the time. FOS. <laughs> um, you and I have not talked. We talked... Uh, day of election i think we did yeah but we have not talked since what's what's up in the mind of david pelfrey because i honestly don't know 
Well, I mean, I've been, I want to go back to something that, that, that Reed said earlier about how you're, I think you're mildly disappointed in the electoral college system. Is that fair to say? It does seem like there are some problems. You think that we should just do the direct count of the, of the popular vote? Is I like right? the idea that I would like for my vote to count, and right now it doesn't. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going, I don't mean to go a long way around the barn here, sure. but I'm just saying. So well, how, how do you feel about Roe v. Wade? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? You, this, when the Supreme Court makes that decision on Roe v. Wade. I feel you, like this is a trick a question. loaded question. <laughs> I like Roe v. Wade. Okay, you like it. Well, yes. How do you feel about Kelo versus New London? I'm not familiar with that one. Now, well, I do like key lime pie, though. Right. Yeah. Kelo versus New London is mm-hmm. where they decided that you can, in fact, uh, claim property uh, mm-hmm. in the interest of the community, the greater good, if oh. that property is... Can, can be used to generate business, say a new Starbucks, and the tax dollars, and it's very controversial. So this is eminent domain. Right, eminent domain yeah. in the worst possible way. Yeah. So now you have the Supreme Court doing something you like, the Supreme Court doing something you don't like. Right. But you want us to have a direct count of votes for a president. Right. So why would that be so important? Why would it matter if those issues that really matter are not something we vote on either? If we're going to have a Supreme Court making those decisions, right. why would you give a flipping darn about how we elect a president? It's so. In, I wish you hadn't brought this up with two and a half minutes left in the show. Sorry, but I'm just. <laughs> I'm just saying. What I'm getting at is this: yeah. you guys are very impassioned about this. Right. I, I haven't seen you guys this animated since a certain football team was about to lose a certain football game a few weeks ago. Right. Right. I was at your house. Right. I know how you guys roll. It was at my house, by the way. We don't right. live together. That's, we don't um, live together. That's a good point. Right. Okay. Well, and how could you? Yeah. How could you? Yeah. Uh, that somebody else lives with either of you is a remarkable thing. But yeah, yeah. but what I'm getting at is that you guys i think tend to believe in systems and yeah. government more than you believe sometimes maybe in crowds of people would that be fair to say is that fair to say i don't know i feel like i need to stop and think about that all a little bit more because here's i mean the only other thing i'm gonna say about the electoral college thing is that i think if you know i think there are probably a lot of people in the state of alabama who think Ugh, why do i need to go vote if i'm not voting for the republican candidate right um and i think if we were to have direct voting um, that more people would realize, like, uh, I need to get out and vote. So yeah. I, I, I think that's an important concept. But so what was your the if or was crowds I, versus? I, I'm, uh, what I'm getting at yeah. is that is that you know in my line of work, yeah. I've been on the phone with either the underlings or the person mm-hmm. in this state and in this city who were in high positions in Montgomery, mm-hmm. mayor of Birmingham, or it might be a businessman like Richard Scrushy, could be Speaker of the House. Could be Don Siegelman. No. All those guys are in prison. Every one of them. No. They went to prison. And so when I hear that there's a, a new candidate in town mm-hmm. who has really bad manners and he makes sexist remarks, and we hear that he's a liar and he's, he can't be trusted and that he's a racist and a misogynist, no. I'm not getting real excited about that because I haven't seen anybody anywhere, mm. including Hillary Clinton no. or Richard Nixon or Johnson going all the way back, back and forth, that leaves me all that impressed that we're supposed to be in a panic and in a state of mourning and grieving because the election didn't go our way. And I'm very stunned that people are so shocked and amazed because I've never seen anything other than that my entire life. Uh, let Let me ask this question. You made me think of something. Who do you think has been the most genuine, nice guy, moralistically president, or in woman president. No, per, yeah. no president in our lifetime. I'm going to have to go with Jimmy Carter. Exactly. Who has been the most maligned and least thought of as president in our lifetime? 
Richard Nixon. Yeah. After him. Oh. You think Clinton? Jimmy Carter. Oh, 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 sorry. I mean, people think he was a horrible president, but he's probably the the, the best mm-hmm. person who's ever held the position, which right. I think is to your point. That is it's an kind interesting, of interesting discussion, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you were saying you haven't really seen a, someone who really lit you on fire, and I'm thinking that's interesting. Now that I think about it, the only person that really I did admire as a person has done wonderful things after his presidency. Uh-huh. Everybody's, and I was young, yeah. I, mean, I don't really didn't follow politics at that time. I was a young kid, but the, everyone says, hey, he was a horrible president. I'm like, why is that? Right. So, I mean, right. is, is your point, I'm asking you now, is your point that nice guys don't make good politicians or that bad guys can make good politicians? Well, where, where are you headed with that? I'm yeah, saying that there, there, seconds. That, that, <laughs> that there's been a great response that apparently huge portions of our population are really horrible people because they they elected this particular president. And I'm just saying that I don't recall many episodes where somebody elected or somebody did not elect a really horrible person in any position of government ever. Yeah. And I'm really remarked, just stunned at the level of fear and loathing and gnashing of teeth this one time around. It has really surprised me. But the only thing I'm going to say in response to that is I, I do think, you know, I think that there's not much of a question that Donald Trump is atypical in many ways, even in the, the types of group you're talking about. Um, I think if you look at Barack Obama, George W. Bush, even no matter you might have some complaints about those guys but dude i mean trump is that dude is out there according to what matters most to you no according to just like general standards about like what pres what we expect out of leaders in general i mean you don't expect presidential candidates to say the things he said on any level would you expect your leaders to spy on private citizens yes you do expect that i mean i mean you, I'm not shocked by that. I'm shocked when you say Mexicans are rapists. Well, I thought in principle that, yeah. that we that we don't spy on private citizens. You see, no, what I'm saying? not saying we should. I'm just saying right. that. I'm saying that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> right. Our, yeah. our Twitter account, uh, not it's ours, blow it up. <laughs> not ours personally, but the feed and the mentions have become so not safe for work. Oh no, <laughs> poor, poor the unpaid that, intern, Dr. Macy over here. She <laughs> sees blood and guts every day at work, but never gore like this this is in response to what trump should do on his first day of <laughs> right. office oh, boy. Uh, we are so out of time oh, they're boy. gonna kill us uh yeah. possibly my favorite one yet let's see if i can even go back and find it that gum oh mm. okay here we go uh what should trump do first day is send the lock me boys to re-education camp oh boy uh, <laughs> oh no that's a problem <laughs> all right thanks of course to all of our guests yeah. uh jeff thompson dr mark westfall david pelfrey to listen to Dr. Mark Westfall live, check out O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio, 107.3 FM in Birmingham, 97.5 in Tuscaloosa, at bhammountainradio.com, or on the free BMR app. Join in with your questions and comments on Twitter, at Lockamy Brothers. <laughs>